Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So ahead of the huge Leeds v Brentford match, I was lucky enough to have a chat with my good friend John McKenzie of All Stats Aren't Me fame. We spoke about a number of things, including how Brentford have taken to the Premier League, the summer transfer window, and naturally a bit about tactical shape and underlying metrics. So here it is. Enjoy. So David, hi, how are you? Hi, John. Yeah, really good, thanks. Thanks for having me on board. Yeah, it's nice to have a a chat with you. It's been a while. We had a season where we didn't talk to each other, uh, at least on this podcast. We were (laughs) not friends anymore, but... (laughs) Brentford in the Premier League for the first time, looking fairly comfortable. You must have enjoyed the season so far. Yeah, it's been really enjoyable, actually. I think I um, I made a special effort to just try and enjoy it as much as possible. But yeah, I, I think it started off really well for us. Um, first six games, we kind of took to it like a duck to water. A lot of the games went uh, how we'd like as well. We scored first and we didn't go behind for a while and um, they suited the star we were bringing into the Premier League. Um, the second half of these 12 games not quite as good as the first and and the things like injuries and everything everyone tells you about the Premier League such as like bad luck or or missing players important players and just being punished all of those came to fruition and we've had a bit of a topsy-turvy bit of form into this game but um yeah coming into this great to pick a win up against Everton and um yeah stem a run of just a winless streak which really we were sort of worried about where it would come to an end but yeah it's been good so far yeah thanks yeah, and looking at FB Ref, I see that you're top half for XG for and XG against, which is both both pretty good. I suppose you're twelfth at the moment in the actual league, so you're maybe running a little bit under your underlying numbers. Does that tell the whole story of where Brentford are at? I mean, you've already suggested that uh, it may be the case that that you've felt a little bit more precarious in the last few games. It, was it just a case of sort of doing quite well in the first half and sort of still riding that wave in the second half of the of the opening third? Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I, I think, um, I guess Brentford as a team and a strategy, you're always going to find we're going to put up good underlying numbers. Um, that's going to be the bare minimum. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the start, um, the first sort of six games, uh, we scored first, obviously. We got a good few chances. Um what happened next was teams would come back at us and either we'd hit them again on the break with a good chance. And I, I think at this early stage, I mean, as we've, we've played 10 games, we've played 12 games, things should start levelling out and we can see a truer reflection of the quality of teams. But we're also seeing a slight a slight kickback from the quality of the league now. I think um, our good start is probably being pegged back a little bit. And I, I think what we're going to see now is teams actually exert their dominance over us and that that I slipped down the league a little bit in underlying metrics. That's that's my instinct of what I'm seeing. So with all that in mind, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? 
Well, I, I think positive. I think we're going through a bit of a slump at the moment. Um, David Rea is a really important player for us. He's been ruled out for, I think it's five months, the the initial prognosis for him. Um, that was a big blow. And we've brought in a real, well, it's, I don't really want to call him a rookie keeper, but he looks like a rookie keeper. He looks really inferior. Like, he, he looks ill-equipped for this level, but he's learning quickly and he's um, he's sort of putting himself about a little bit and being a bit more dominant. But yeah, it's it's been a big blow to us. And then a couple of other key issues. Um, Aya is a big player for us, um, six foot seven signing, um, big, like big tall player and helped us defensively. And he's also out injured now as well for a lengthy period. So I think we were a lot happier and a lot more excited in the early phase when everyone was fit and raring to go and ready. But these last few weeks have have hit us pretty hard. And I, I think we've seen that the squad is probably not quite as strong as we thought. The, the first six games probably gave us a false sense of how how well we were doing with the league. You're not going to be able to keep your best players fit all season, and there is a there is a big reliance on Tony and Bemo firing us um, just enough goals whilst um, whilst we sort of rely on our defensive solidity to to keep us above those three worst teams. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. So, do you think you'll escape relegation, but it will be close? I think we'll just do enough. Yes, yeah, I, I do. I think um, seeing Everton play this weekend, you, you can see that. There is, um, there are teams with a real lack of quality in this league, and it's not just firepower, but I, I think defensively as well. I, I didn't think they looked great, especially from sort of set pieces and those kinds of things. Um, I think there's a few other teams that Norwich, for instance, um, Newcastle, Watford. I, I think we can consistently we can put up better numbers and consistently better performances than those, and we just have to hope that. Lady Luck um, falls on our side and there are three worst teams. But yeah, my, my instinct is we're just going to do it, yeah. I'd like to talk about the summer transfer window, um, just to hear about players who've been coming through. So I know she brought in a lot of players, but maybe we could focus on the players who you've brought in who've stood out for you so far this season. Yeah, the the key one, or the key signings, are probably the biggest ones. Frank Onyeka, Christopher Ayer, and then just behind those, Johan Wisser. Um, Frank Onyeka's he was brought in from Brentford's sister club, um, FC Midtjylland over in Denmark. Um, I think he's a player they tracked for a while. Uh, just possesses all of the qualities that a, a top Premier League midfielder needs. Like He's press resistant. He can draw fouls. Um, he can shoot from the edge of the box. Good in transition. He's just ready-made for the Premier League. And he's he's had a few fitness issues um, and uh, has had a spell out of the team. But I think we look a better team when he's playing. Um he he has that energy and that that ball skill that that sort of drags us from looking a little bit cloggy to something a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, and um, he gives us that that push forward, that drive that we seem to be lacking. We're, we're we're quite a direct team, and I think without him, we we can look too direct now. I think we're relying on that a bit too much. But um, I is another one. He is he came in from Celtic, as, as I said just previously, six foot seven, a huge player, tracked um, by quite a few clubs actually, and in the end. I think the Scandinavian ties um, sold him and did well for us to bring him in. But um, yeah, he he's he looks a class player, really good on the ball, good at going past players. For for someone his size, he's just got incredible dribbling ability and and could just turn inside and and leave players. But also just invaluable height. I mean, he isn't actually the the best for someone so big. It's just naturally you'd think he's great in the air, but he's he's not fantastic in the air. But he's such a presence that that that's often enough. Um, and he, yeah, he's been a, a bit of a loss to us whilst he's been injured, but definitely stood out in how quickly he's adapted to Premier League. And um, Johan Wiss is the the last one I'll speak of. Um, 
came in from Lorient. Uh, he's a wide forward, um, like that sort of typical wide, modern wide forward that can play kind of, kind of anywhere across the front three or four positions, however you want to look at it. He, he's a talented player, really good on the ball, um, good strike of the ball, first time finishing. Um, had a few weird, uh, I don't know if you know the story about him, but he was involved in an acid attack um, with a, with uh, an ex-partner and his eyesight was, um, his, yeah, he, he nearly lost his eyesight, basically. It was, um, it never actually got that bad and he recovered well and I, th- I think everything's fine now. But um, we, were, we were tracking him for a while and in the end got him. Um, but he's been out with a, with a muscular injury, I believe. I'm not sure actually what it was, but kept him out. But he's, he's back in the fold now. But yeah, just a, a lot of our team forward players relying on Tony and Bermo. Um, Wissa's just another level of quality on those two in terms of just ball striking and and in and around the box and just his movement as well, especially in possession. He, he's a real he's a real upgrade on everything else we have and we just need to get him onto the pitch as much as possible. Really good uh, goals per 90 record. He's, he's hardly played and he's got a couple of really important goals for us. So let's talk a little bit about Thomas Frank as the Brentford manager. Obviously, he's a manager who's brought you up into the Premier League uh, and has had a pretty good record with you guys. Are you still happy with him at the helm? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I think, um, I mean, it would take a, it would take a monumentally drastic run of form for anyone to really consider him going. I, I think he suits where we are now. He's he, we're stable. I think um, we look like we're improving. Players regularly look like they're improving under him. Um, we're on the up still. It, I'm not sure there'd be many other managers that would come in and immediately grab this and do a do a better job. I think um, he's well liked. I think he gets the model of the club. He gets the overall strategy. He's a big part of that. Um, He's Danish as well. I think that's a, that's a big market for us. I think that that youth players that basically players that a lot of the Danish players coming through now have featured on a youth um, element for him in previous um, in previous years gone by when he was um, working in the Danish youth national sides. He, he's just a. I think he's he's more of an asset than I think um, some may give him credit for, and it, it would be silly to silly to move him on there would just be no reason at the moment as i was saying it would just takes something drastic and uh, maybe 10 games in a row like 10 straight losses and his position might be brought into question but yeah he's he's great for the club i think um a really shrewd thinker and yeah he's, he's been a big part of us improving defensively in these last few years so talk us through the tactics that frank has been playing in the premier league yeah so I think um, I probably should address it because a lot of people might not have seen much of Brentford over the years, but Brentford were a free-flowing, forward-thinking, um, attacking, basically probing team. We would always play on the front foot, we'd dominate the ball, and we'd be hit on the counter time and time again. This is in our championship years, um, trying to get out of the league. And Thomas Frank took over from Dean Smith and just transformed the entire ethos of the club in that we need to be better defensively. So he... In the last few years, um, Brentford have been transitioning into the team we see today. Much more rigid. We we play with wing backs now. Um, three centre backs that generally hold their position. The wing backs work hard. They control. Um, they, there's a lot of responsibility on them on the wings. And then we have three midfielders sat in front of this um, this sitting back three. And and it's it's just the base we build from. Everything starts from there. We have Tony, who's also act, who acts like a defensive forward. He's not really. He's not really sort of pacey and going to get him behind. He he works hard and he he gets in in sort of physical battles just so we can get out and, and get a breather and win fouls and get us up the pitch. Um, yeah, we're, we're just a we're just a very focused, like defensively focused team now, and we pick our attacking moments um, as well as we can. We yeah, I think um, a lot of what we've seen this season is 
where the good part came from was us um, either scoring first or the game being drawn and um, us being able to just sit on our shape a little bit, just just concentrate on being in that 3-5-2, um, hard to beat, hard to break down. And then we'll see where the attacking game takes us. Um, another side of it is the set pieces, obviously. That's a big part. Um, we- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. We've come into this league thinking... We're not going to get lots and lots of chances in open play. We need to be as good as we can in set pieces. And that's been built into our play for these last couple of years. We've got some good routines. We've got huge players. I mean, that's probably something that we should definitely highlight. That Brentford is a team of just a team of giants when really we're a team of dwarves. And this not so long ago. So we're a physical side, airily. And um, yeah, those are kind of our... Those, those are what the overall plan is of how we're going to stay in this league. We're going to be tough to beat. Um, we're going to sit in that 3-5-2 and we're going to be good at set pieces offensively and defensively. And then we'll see where everything takes us. Yeah. You've talked to me this season about your frustrations with the 3-5-2. Uh, could you just talk us through that and maybe suggest how you might change things up? Yeah, I think the the frustrations with it are that there's periods in games when we look pretty terrible. And I think terrible is probably a harsh word, but... We, we can't stabilise possession in the middle of the field. There's either the midfield are either too deep or or the, the sort of forward players are, are too detached from the team. So it's often skipping midfield. It goes into Tony, who's um, either pulled out to the left or central, and then him trying to get the ball under control and lay it off to Mbemo or trying to do that in one touch. And it's really difficult for the midfield to get and join in with that. So you're, you're often left with just Tony and Mbemo up against four centre-backs, uh, yeah, a defensive line of four or three centre-backs or five. And it can it can just get a bit, this ball just keeps getting recycled and coming back and coming back. And I think it, I think it's good to establish that sometimes these these patterns are not, 
they they are coach dependent as well. I mean, it's it's definitely a coach's decision to say let's hold these players back and not move forward because there are periods in games when we can come out and we can actually push the defensive line high, just gamble a little bit more with the space in behind and really pin a team back and go for it. So it's it's under, it's the frustration lies with are, are we doing that enough and are, are we sitting on that deep shape too much and yeah have they decided that one nil as in for this weekend just gone the one nil we established against Everton are we confident enough that Everton haven't got enough to score and we can just sit and see out the rest of the hour of this game yeah just just soaking up pressure and I, I believe they're confident enough that they can do that the frustrations for me is I, I think a lot of I guess a lot of statistical analysis would say go for that second goal. Like don't sit on that first. You need to look at you need to look at two nil, look at three nil. Otherwise, uh, otherwise this game has a habit of biting you in the ass. Um, that's where my frustrations probably lie. I think there should be more situations when we have three recognised forwards, not just expecting the wing backs to have played seventy minutes in their wing back positions and then sort of move them forward a little bit or or. Maybe the midfield selection has been too defensively minded. Matthias Jensen's a player that's really divisive amongst our our fan base and um, and watchers of Brentford. Very much bordering on this kind of luxury player that is he actually delivering enough on the pitch? And and when he does play, he's quite deep as well. Frank Onyeka is the one that stands out. He's he's got the energy and the the physicality to join in with the forward line from midfield. And and Godos does that a little bit as well. So I think those two players probably haven't played enough to make us look like the the offensive team I'd probably a bit more enjoy. It's interesting because Brentford are often talked about as a team who are great in the sum of their parts. And that was definitely something that was, I, I guess, similar to the way Leeds were as well. Who would you say had be, has been the most important player for you this season then? On top of the fact that you obviously play this sort of system-heavy approach, um, who would you say has been the player who's really uh, helped you perform the way that you've been performing? I think a lot of the game goes through Tony. I think it's it's obviously a bit cliche to just talk about your supposed star striker being the, the most important player, but I, I think it's 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 non-traditional striker reasons why he is so important. It, I, I dropped in earlier. He's a defensive forward. He he works so hard in um, sort of defensive areas. Um, he's always willing pressing wise out of possession he's he's just a real physical player and i think that that outlet if we didn't have that we'd be a much more sort of flighty precarious um sort of maybe individualistic team whereas with him he sort of galvanizes and and he's a fulcrum to build from and you can bounce off him and he'll get the crowd going and he'll, he'll wrestle a couple of defenders um He's definitely our most important player. I think there's a, there's actually a lot of goal saving actions he's made as well. I mean, he made a couple of clearances off the line in the, in the last few games. He's a real yeah, he's a real figurehead for um, us. I guess he really stands for us doing everything we can to stay in this league. I think that's how that's how I view him. And it, it's not through shots and it's not through goals. I don't think he's going to be. I think if he gets double figures, I think it'll be really impressive. I, I can't see him getting to that unless we get a flurry of penalties. But if we can get enough pace around him, that's. I think if we do move a little bit away from this three-five-two and we get a bit more of a four-three-three going, if we get two wide forwards around him, we could be a little bit more dangerous as um, as the season goes on. But for now, yeah, definitely, um, definitely our most important player. So let's move on to talk a little bit about the Leeds game in particular. How do you feel about facing Leeds this season? You obviously know what to expect from Leeds because of our our big battles in the championship. Also, Leeds have that sort of outlier quality now of, of underperforming, feeling a little bit like things are falling apart. So how do you feel about this game going into it? If I'm being totally honest, I'm, I think this is one of the best times to play Leeds. I think uh, you're obviously an inferior version of the last few years. Um, I've watched quite a lot and... 
uh, obviously following you guys on the All Stats Army channel and um, try and watch as many Leeds games as possible because they're just fascinating affairs. And it's it's definitely a weakened team. I, I think it feels like a team that needs a refresh. Um, it's it's the same large core of players of a couple of additions, but it it feels like a cycle that's gone on slightly too long and there hasn't been enough change or, or improvement in a couple of key areas. So in a game, yeah, in, in an individual game basis, this is a brilliant time, I think, to play Leeds. I think a lot of teams are looking at that now and thinking, has a little bit of the dust of Bielsa worn off? Um, teams learn in the Premier League as well. I think you're, you're, you've got analysis departments, you've got good coaches, you've got there's not as many places to hide the qualities of Leeds now. Everyone can see them, the man marking system. They can they can try and disrupt that. They can try and um let Leeds run out of steam and come onto them and then push on with the three at the back and try and and try and exploit that. There there's ways to get through Leeds now, which weren't probably as obvious before or weren't basically weren't weren't being able to be as got at as before. So without sounding too cocky, I'm quite looking forward to it. I, I think there might be a clash of styles. I think the two styles should do quite well for us in this one. I think previous Leeds matches, we'd have tried to outplay you and it was more tactical playing through the thirds affairs. I think there's going to be a little bit more skipping off that midfield and, and just us picking up second and third balls and then trying to break away um, rather than us actually just trying to go toe-to-toe with you and just playing through that middle and dominating that. I think we'll be happy to let you have that that ball there, sit deep and then see what we can pick on the counter. So yeah, it, it could be a really interesting game. You've mentioned that Obviously, David Raya is out. Um, you've also mentioned that Christopher Ayo is out. Is there any other injuries or suspensions ahead of this game? Yeah, so those two, are the main ones. I think the backup for those players, or one of the players, um, Zanka Jorgensen, he's also picked up an injury. I believe he's out with a hamstring for a period of time as well. So um, Charlie Good played on the weekend and uh, we kept a clean sheet. I don't know if it was all down to him, but um, he played and we did okay. I think he might come in again. And fill that space as well. Um, we're not doing too badly in injuries. I, I think there's this big obsession that we're we're on our. I think the Brentford fan base are like we're we're sort of on our last legs. But really, from our first team, there's only a couple of key players missing. I think it's just that supporting act where um, we're just sort of we're down into the the players that we wouldn't really like to see on the pitch playing in some occasions. Um, but no, no. Other than um, Aya and Raya, we can't really complain too much about injuries. And then in terms of lineup, how would you want to guess the lineup for, for Sunday? I should say we are recording this before the Palace game, so uh, no doubt you've got you've got a game at, at some point this yeah, week. Yeah, the Spurs are later this week. Um, right, that's Thursday, is it, maybe? Yes, yes, it is. It's Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, so we don't know how we come out of that. Hopefully unscathed and everyone um, still ready to go. But uh, yeah, I, I think the lineup will be... Um, similar to to all of the games we've had previously. I think you'll see Pontus Janssen centre uh, as a player you know well, um, playing centre-back. Uh, Ethan Pinnock will be on the left side of the fence, um, probably, probably Charlie Good, depending on um, Jorgensen's fitness on that right centre-back position. Uh, right wing-back will be Sergi Canos, left wing-back will be Rico Henry. Um, our optimum midfield, I think, we're starting to see, I believe it's um, Christopher Norgard, Vitaly Yanelt and... Um, Frank Onyeka, um, and then the forwards, Tony and Mbemo, and probably Mbemo switching with um, Johan Wisser. If that's the only change I'd probably make to that team. But yeah, that's that's the I think that's the best lineup we can put out. And the question that I ask people this season isn't so much about predictions, but where you expect the game to be won or lost. So how would you answer that question? Where do you think this game will be won or lost? 
I think this is going to be one on loss with Leeds, actually. Um, I, th- I think we're going to be happy to, to, as I was saying, just sit and lean on that three-five-two defensive structure. But what what I've seen of Leeds recently in possession, I've just I've found baffling. I think um, if um, uh, I think it was the Brighton game. I think if there's a repeat of some of the the way you gave the ball in that match, the way the way you just couldn't get out, and I, I thought it was quite lapsed at times. And I think there's going to be an, uh, there's going to be a push for you to see what you can do on the ball, and if you if you run out of steam, it would be up to us to try and hit you on the counter, and that's that's how I see the game going. It would be dependent on how well you use possession, and if you're if you're lapsed with that, what we can do it in that in those quick turnovers. There, that's how I think it'll be lost, and hopefully we can exploit you in those position, uh, positions. Well, David, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. What is the best way that our listeners can find the stuff that you're putting out? Oh, jump onto Bees Tactical. Yeah, Bees Tactical um, on Twitter. There's a Substack. There's a Patreon as well. Um, there's podcasts and uh, yeah, there's all sorts. But yeah, anyway, you search for stuff, just search for Bees Tactical. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. No problem, John. Thanks and um, best of luck. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.